Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yo, it is another edition of Phillies Today. I am your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, September the 27th, as yet again, we come to you after a horrendous Phillies loss as the Phillies... For the third straight night, allowed double-digit runs, losing in the worst fashion yet, uh, losing 14 to nothing last night in Colorado. Their seventh straight loss overall. They are 14 and 30 since August 8th. It is absolute insanity how bad and how quickly they got bad. This team has been, it is just, um, you you almost don't have words for it at a certain point. At a certain point, it almost seems comical. Uh, I mean, 14 to nothing after giving up 10 spots back-to-back nights. Just a, uh, again, a horrendous is the perfect word for it. Showing out in Colorado, Herman Marquez comes out and mows down the Phillies with eight straight Ks to start the game. Ends up going seven giving up no runs, obviously 11 strikeouts was, for what it's worth, he was awesome and is awesome. He's a really good pitcher, and he looked it last night, so tiny pass there, but it was uh, was 2-0 early, then 9-0 after a 7-run fifth, and then 10-0 in the seventh, then 14-0 in the eighth inning after a 4-run eighth, and that was all she wrote as um, just a a bad – Bad trip out to Colorado after a bad trip to Atlanta. This team has certainly given up on the season. I think we can say that assuredly. The only question is, are they going to finish the season on an 11-game losing streak or not? I mean, that is pretty much all there is left to wonder about, right? I mean, you know, you figure Colorado will handle their business again tomorrow just because they're playing for something and clearly playing with a lot more fire than this Phillies team right now who as we could tell, is waiting for the offseason to begin and have kind of already started their offseason the way they're playing. And then coming home against Atlanta, the you know they're facing Atlanta team that has nothing to play for either. They've already won the NL East. They're in the playoffs. So um, that could be interesting. A, a t- t- two teams who uh, don't necessarily have any fire to win the games in Philly, which I think helps. But just, a, again, a dismal, dismal, Dismal end to the season. That number fourteen and thirty since August eighth. August eighth is just uh, atrocious, and obviously it's been incredibly frustrating the way it's gone down. As look, I, I, we all know this team wasn't nearly as talented as they were playing earlier this season, but to just fall apart has certainly caused a lot of consternation and look I know a lot of people we talked about this pretty much all yesterday's show but the idea that in my mind 
the idea of firing Gabe Kapler is is crazy, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think the fact that Gabe Kapler came out yesterday and said that his entire coaching staff will be back is a sign that he will probably be back. I find it hard to believe that the Phillies would allow him to go out and say something like that, um, basically securing other people's jobs in the media and then fire him after that. So um, I, I think that, and I think it's the smart move. Look, I know the Kapler rubs people the wrong way, but at certain times this year, he did a lot with a little, and he learned a lot this year, and he's a smart guy, and he'll adjust. And look, he's been very upfront. He's not going to bash his players in the media. He's going to be positive. That's the way he looks at the world, and I can't blame him for that. You know, good for him. I got no problem with that. As long as the players in the locker room believe in him, and appreciate his approach. That's all that matters. And we'll get to that in a minute because uh, Matt Gelb had a really good piece about some response from the locker room. But uh, just in how this season has come to a screeching halt and then fallen off a cliff has been um, really depressing. Look, I think that I think that, as I've said many times, this team is incredibly well positioned heading into the offseason. Uh, John Middleton has made it clear in uh, a Jim Salisbury had a piece talking about Kapler, which we'll reference a little bit later on as well, where he said that, uh, you know, if you know John Middleton, it's uh, uh, almost like a burning desire or something to sign big name free agents this offseason. The Machados, the Harpers, the Patrick Corbins, whoever it is. And I think they're going to do it, as I've discussed. And. I think that ultimately in those situations, money almost always talks the most, and I think they're going to be able to offer the most money. And I think it's going to be an attractive spot with a team that, look, I know this team has ended the season poorly, but I don't think that free agents are going to look at it and say, oh, they lo- they ended the season on losing 10 of 11 or whatever it is and say, oh, they collapsed. I don't want to go there. I think they'll say, hey, you know they they got a uh, uh, they were better last year than people expected, even if they didn't finish strong. That happens, and there's some talent here. But um, look, it's going to be a really really interesting off season. And to that point, as I mentioned, um, Kapler addressed that. He addressed the idea of whether uh, you know Philadelphia would be less attractive to reagents because of the losing streak at the end of the season. This is from that Jim Salisbury piece. And uh, Kapler said, I think it's likely a more attractive destination because I think people are very aware of the resources that the Philadelphia Phillies have. True. And he he also went on to say, I don't think that there's any shortage of information on how we intend to be especially competitive in 2019. I don't know about you, but I read that as saying uh, the resources the Philadelphia Phillies have, money, And I don't think we've been shy at all about saying we're going to pay you and we're going to bring you here to play and we want to win. I think that that's the key. This organization is portraying to the public a stance that they want to be winners. Middleton is portraying that. So you have to feel good about that with a a potential pitch to free agents. Kapler went on to say also from the Salisbury piece, I think it's really important to not respond to, and when I say not respond, I mean not evaluate, based on a 45-game stretch. We haven't played good baseball for quite some time. You cannot argue with that fact. It's unacceptable, but it's a fact. This is Kapler. Uh, 
You also cannot argue with the fact that we played a very good ba- that we played very good baseball for a half plus season. And finally, you can't argue with the fact that we have tremendous resources and a very young and talented core of group of players. So if you look at all those things combined, I think you have an especially attractive destination. I think he's right. And again, the resources. They have more financial flexibility to pay free agents than any team in baseball. They are trying to build a competitive team. They're letting teams know that they are letting players know that they will put forth the resources that are necessary to win. And again, I think that players like the Gabe Kapler has their back in the media. What do they want him out there ripping them for? And look, again, I get it that a lot of people don't like Gabe Gabler. That's abundantly clear. But I think it's unfair to grade someone off of one season, just like he says to grade this team completely on that 45-game stretch, which I understand the argument to say that, but Gabe, that was the most important 45-game stretch of the season. That's a fair take. But at the same time, you could also flip it around and say, well, this is a young team with no experience that a lot of guys have never played 162 games or anywhere close in the majors. A lot of those pitchers have never pitched the amount of innings they've pitched. And they just ran out of gas. Instead, it seems like everyone just wants to put it all on Gabe Kapler. And I think that's ridiculous. And I think, again, the fact that they allowed him to announce the coaching staff is coming back confirms that he'll come back. So I think that people better get used to it. He's going to come back. He's going to have more talent. And I think they're going to compete. He also is a tireless worker. We've seen that. He seems like the kind of guy who's going to go back and grade himself. And say, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Let's reflect on this. He wants to be better. The organization wants to be better. They want to win. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for out of your organization that you root for, in my mind, is an organization that is committed to winning. And I think John Middleton is. And I think that Matt Klentak is smart. I think Gabe Kapler is smart. I think there are smart people here in the franchise. They're unproven. They've made some mistakes. I think we can all agree that Jake Arrieta signing has not worked out. But I think there are, again, reasons to be optimistic. Some of the talent we've already seen at the major league level. The high upside of Aaron Nola as an ace on your team. Some of the talent in the minors. What that talent could turn into in terms of a trade package to bring back a real star like a Trout or whatever. They have a ton of quality and depth in that system. They also have young players on the major league roster who have at least done certain things at the major league level that could make them attractive to other teams and packages. The Cesar Hernandez of the world, even Mike Franco after the season he just had, I think there's some upside with those guys. And even if the Phillies don't believe they're part of their long-term plan, there could be other teams that do. So I think the Phillies, organizationally speaking, are in a really good spot. And again, I think that it's important to not judge everybody and Kapler just on this 45-game stretch. I think you certainly ding them for it. I'm not saying it's a pass. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve criticism because he certainly does. I just think that we can't go overboard with it. We can't say fire the guy. 
It's crazy. It's the same level of crazy as it was to boo him on home plate the first time he stepped onto the field at Citizens Bank Park four games into the season. That was crazy, too. And this guy, look, it's been a terrible 45, 50, 60 games of baseball. But they played well before, and they did a lot with a little, and he learned, and he grew, and I think he's going to get better. Again, he's never managed before. You don't hire someone who's never managed in the major leagues or at any meaningful level before and just throw them in for a year and expect them to be the perfect manager. It doesn't happen. Everyone needs reps. You need reps at anything you do in life. So to just assume that you can throw someone in, they're going to be a superstar right away is not realistic. And I think this organization knew that. Again, as I've said a hundred times, and I believe to my core, I don't think this organization expected to compete this year. I think they always had their sights set on learning what they had this year and then making some big-time moves to start competing next year, and I still think that's what they're going to do. So while this season has been disappointing, while it's been a frustrating way to end it, there still are positives to pull out of it, and again, this organization is situated in a great spot to move forward. And I think that Kapler is going to show you something if you give him a chance next season. Regardless, he's going to be here. So (laughs) get used to it, I think. Uh, All right, coming up, uh, I want to address what the players think about Kapler because I think that's the most important thing about all of this and uh, and a few uh, interesting nuggets from that Matt Gelb piece uh, as well as a pitch to some free agents coming in. That and more coming up. It's Phillies Today. It's James Seltzer. We'll be right back. We are back. Phillies Today, James Seltzer. As we coming up, we'll look ahead to uh, tonight's game against Colorado. Uh, excuse me, or this afternoon's game, I should say. 305 start as uh, it will be the uh, the last game of the series in Colorado. Mercifully, 14 nothing last night. The Phillies at 78 and 80 on the verge of guaranteeing a 500 record or worse with the loss. Um, but that Gelbige had a couple interesting things on it uh, on the athletic. Uh, does a really great job. Uh, the first part of the piece talked about Carlos Santana and about using him as a way to pitch to free agents in the sense that he came here, he got paid, and he played every day. I know a lot of people have, have talked about, oh, free agents want won't want to come here and play for a guy like Kapler because they're not going to know if they're going to be in the lineup every day or this or that. And it's crazy talk. Santana's going to end up playing like 158 games or 159 games or whatever. I mean, more than he would, as much as he would any other place. And that's what Gelb points out. So I think that is kind of a neat pitch. He talks also about how he talks to Manny Machado, how their buddies going to talk to him in the offseason. That's pretty cool. Let's get Manny in here, Carlos. Go do some recruiting. But it certainly seems like, from the piece, Santana's very happy being here and with his experience here and with Kapler and all that. And then uh, more on Kapler, especially as Gelb um, talks about how, you know, the most important thing, and I agree, is not what we think of Kapler, what the media thinks of Kapler. It's all about what those guys in the locker room think of Kapler. And Scott Kingery, with some interesting quotes from the piece that Gelb had, he said, uh, Kingery said, there's obviously going to be people who don't like it. 
but he's doing these things based on giving us the best chance to win, to score runs in that situation, or to get an out in that situation. The way things are going analytically in baseball, it's probably going to start trending more toward that. It already has, Scott. I agree with you. Um, And look, he's defending his manager there, and that's what I think a lot of people wanted to see from players in the locker room to support the belief that, that Gabe has not lost the locker room, that these guys still believe in him. And, you know, it certainly seems from Kingery so far, as Gelb points out, someone who's been moved all over the place and played different positions and certainly sacrificed for Gabe Kapler, uh, still seems to believe in the guy. More from Kingery, he said, he's the one who actually decided to take that step forward. It might make some people angry since it's his first year. Just like a lot of us in the clubhouse, it's his, it's what he's saying. It's their first year as well. Uh, it's his first year. There's his kingery. There's some learning to be done on both sides. I'm sure he's going to take what happened this year and find a way to make it better. Just like all the young players on our team are, we love going out there and playing hard for him. Again, we love going out there and playing hard for him. Scott Kingery is speaking in terms of the team believes in him. He says that Kapler, he also says that Kapler has a reason for everything he does, and he explains it to the team. And and it sounds like there's open lines of communication. It sounds like, again, a guy in Kingery who has learned a new position, multiple new positions, has been on the bench at times, has been asked to do a lot as a rookie, and he 100% seems to believe in Kapler. And more so, he seems to believe that this locker room believes in Kapler. And look, while we've seen really bad play on the field, it doesn't mean that the locker room has quit on Kapler. You know, we saw really bad play in Doug Peterson's uh, first season towards the end of it, the game in Cincinnati and all that, and the team came back the next year and did pretty well. Um, you know, so look, I, there have been many times where it seems like a team is just riding out the string and it doesn't mean that it's always the manager's fault there. I think Kapler's tried to do what he can. And also look, he's played two teams in Atlanta and now Colorado who are fighting for playoff spots too. So it hasn't been a cakewalk at the same time. Obviously, again, I don't want to go anywhere near trying to absolve the poor play, especially these last few in Colorado, which again, have just looked like. Just quit the season already. You know, at this point, the season needs to come to an end. It's just so over. I mean, they are just not going out and competing. Six and 18 now in September. Just a uh, a putrid baseball team right now. And we all need this season to end for our sanity, for our mental state to, you know, be okay. It is just brutal to watch this team crater, especially a team that, and again, I think that's why people are so upset is because they cared about this team because this team had such a fun run earlier in the season where they got people invested in them. You know, they, there were fun moments. They battled back. There were walk-offs. There were, you know, they were 15 games above 500. They were in first place in, in, you know, late July and, and early August and stuff. I mean, it's crazy to think about, the heights that this team got to a not insignificant portion into the season. And then it's even more crazy when you think about all the issues that they had, the flaws that they had. And that's why it's so much less surprising when it all comes back to roost 
It's just, I think, the way that they've gone about it that it just irks people more now. You know, people notice the errors more now. They notice the mistakes more because they're losing so much more. And I think, obviously, the fact that it happened at the most important time of the season is clearly unfortunate from a perception standpoint. Kapler's right, obviously, as we've said many times, if this 45-game stretch happened in the middle of the season and then they played well to round out the string, no one would feel the way they feel. But, sadly, that is not our reality, and we have to react to what we see, and it has certainly been a a really disappointing end of the season. But again, I stress the importance of, of believing in what has been built so far and what will be built. I, I really do believe that this team is in a great situation to make serious moves forward this offseason. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, I, I've said this multiple times, but they are two of the best free agents in the history of free agency. Maybe the best in terms of the age that they are, 26, 27-year-old, right in that age where you're about to hit your peak historically in baseball. And they have such a track record of proven um, quality play at the major league level that they're both just unique free agents that you never see because of how young they came up and how quickly they were good. And Bryce Harper has been a monster over the second half of the season, as I've said before, too, I, I would prefer Harper to Machado, but I love the idea of getting both, as we've heard before. I want to trade from Trout. I mean, there's so many fun things that could happen. Um, but, I, again, I, I think that despite the frustrating loss, uh way the season has end, uh, or will end and has be, you know, kind of crept towards this end, um, I, I think that it's still okay to be excited about the future and you should be excited about the future again i think that clintac and kabler deserve more of a chance we've been too quick to judge them in this city again this is a team that won 66 games last season think about the putrid lineups they were rolling out last year guys like tommy joseph batting cleanup and stuff like that Terrible pitching. They took a leap forward quicker than people expected, and yet people have somehow, as a result, created unrealistic expectations for them. And again, I think it's a uh, um, a positive in the sense that people are invested again. But um, look, uh, I think that um, I get it, but. It's also okay. It happens. You don't always win the season. You always make the playoffs. And I think that this year has been a, a real benefit for a lot of these guys. They've experienced this type of losing streak at the worst time. They will grow from it. Matt Klintak, uh has supported Kapler. He has said he will return in 2019 so we can all stop the conversation. As, uh, as we said before, he said the coaching staff will return. So... Um, Get on board. Get on board because it's going to be fun and you're going to miss out if you're just out there hating on Kapler and expecting Klantak to fail. You're going to miss out on a fun time. You're going to miss out on this team getting back to what they used to be and and filling Citizens Bank Park and making the playoffs and having fun. I, I really think that's coming. And I think this offseason is going to be the real true start of it. And then 
back, we'll look back on 2018 someday as that fun season where we first got to see what Reese Hoskins could be, where Aaron Nola showed us who he really was, where blah, 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 like where we first saw Gabe Kapler maybe. And remember how much people hated Kapler? I mean, that, that, that those are all things on the table in my mind as I really think that it's going to be the start of something special and we're going to forget how rough the season ended. Right now, it's pretty hard, but we will get there. Luckily as well, today, Jake Arietta will make his final start of the season mercifully. Thank God we don't have to watch him pitch for the rest of the year. I think, uh, obviously, I would guess he will be back next year based on the contract and all that. But um, it'll be nice to not have to see him pitch for a while because I'm, uh, I'm mad at Jake Arietta right now. And I need a break uh, going up against Antonio Zetella. I probably butchered that, but I'm sure he will win. I'm sure the Rockies will win. I have no faith in this team to beat a team that needs a win, but you never know. Day games are strange, so we will see either way. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow to look ahead to the final weekend of the season and to wrap it all up on what started out fun as ending not fun, and ultimately I think we will look back on as a positive step forward, but... Right now it's tough, so we'll continue to commiserate and all that again tomorrow. Until then, keep it here. We get covered all day long right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.